the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. And Lord, uh, we're just excited about this day that you have made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. So, Lord, we pray that it would be a great day today, that we would encourage one another and we would strengthen one another and we would bless one another and you would be glorified. So we thank you, we praise you and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, Tuesday night through Wednesday morning, as I had mentioned last week, we started uh, Tuesday night through Wednesday morning. We had a 12-hour prayer meeting. We had worship and the reading of God's Word. It was our celebration of Shavuot, which commemorates Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and God pouring out His Spirit upon the Jewish people. What a wonderful encouragement it was. We had a great time. Every two hours, we did had a different worship uh, leader come and lead worship, and we had prayer and the reading of God's Word. It was extremely encouraging. And uh, so, now that we're finished counting the Omer, we had Shavuot. Uh, what's next? Well... You know, we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to start out with a quote. Okay, you ready for this? Listen closely, because this quote it could be uh, not only a little lengthy, but it's also a little complicated. Uh, so I might have to read it twice so that you understand what I'm saying here. Uh, if you want me to send it to you, just email me in or call us and we'll be happy to send you this so you can ponder this quote. Now, the interesting thing about this quote, it's from a friend of mine's 20-year-old son. And I found this actually on Facebook. And 
So his name is Micah Skinner. And so here's what he said. I believe that one of the worst things to happen to public discourse, especially on social media, is a convoluted sense of reverse virtue signaling. When somebody supports or denounces X, we impose upon them the obligation with all of our dripping intellectual superiority that if they had a brain or a heart, that they must therefore denounce or support Y. One of the worst vices of social media is losing the art of listening and only strengthening our ability to make snap judgments on who is in and who is out. Condescension never changed minds. Insults never changed hearts. Make claims, argue passionately, don't stop caring, but the moment you forget the person across the screen is still a person, you just become another cog in the slow death of civility. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's what I said. Okay. When I read this, I, I, I said, amen and amen. This guy is speaking my language. Well, let's continue on. Uh, if, if you'd like a copy of that, I'll be happy to send it to you. Just call Karen. You know the drill, right? <laughs> Look, it's, it's not just true in social media, what he said. It's true for all our communication. You know, there's so many things that I could draw from this quote that I could start talking about. And maybe speaking about the art of listening should be one. However, from this quote, I sense the need to talk about the spirit and the gift of encouragement, which is kind of the opposite of what this quote was talking about. Encouragement is, means to inspire with courage, spirit, hope, or confidence, or to spur on to actually stimulate growth. Uh, the synonyms might be emboldened. Heartened, reassure, urge, support, aid, and help. You know, one of the most encouraging scriptures to me in this area is Ephesians 3, starting with verse 16. It says, I pray that from his glorious riches, he would grant you to be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Holy Spirit so that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to grasp with all the, the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Messiah which surpasses knowledge, so you may be filled up with all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do far beyond all that we ask or imagine by means of his power that works in us, to him be the glory in the community of believers and in Messiah Yeshua throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Wow. 
Ephesians 3, so encouraging to the believers, so uplifting. Look, in its simplest form, God encourages us so we should encourage others. The opposite of encouraging someone is to forget, as we quoted from before, the person that you are speaking with is still a person. And you just become another cog in the slow death of civility. Not only does civility slowly die, but the person we are speaking with also slowly dies. And I think we see this in the media. We see this in politics. Civility is dying, but people are dying too. I don't mean physically, but I mean they're just losing their integrity. And, and it's because of this lack of civility, the lack of listening, really the lack of being able to encourage people. Here, one more quote for today uh, outside of Scripture. I, I love this quote. Listen to it. This is from a young Messianic rabbi from California. His name is Jason Sobel, and this is his quote. If all you ever do is attack someone's behavior then you're never going to be able to set them free to become who they really are. Accountability is not calling somebody out on their behavior. It is calling them up to their identity. Ooh, wow, think about that. Oh, how how do you think... You are behaving to your employee, your friends, your children. When we correct someone, are we calling them up to their identity or are we calling them out because of their behavior? I love this quote. Let me read it again. Please listen carefully. If all you ever do is attack someone's behavior, then you're never going to be able to set them free to become who they really are. Accountability is not calling somebody out of their behavior. It is calling them up to their identity. This is not one of my strong points uh, of being an encourager. I really admire people who have the gift of being an encourager. But you know what? Just because I don't have that natural gift, I still want to be an encourager. I would like to encourage you to desire to be an encourager. If you're anything like me, you need to be transformed in this area. Do you remember how to change a behavior uh, a behavior or a habit? Let me go over a couple of the thoughts on this. First of all, you recognize the problem. Secondly, you desire to fix it. Third, you repent concerning the problem. And fourth, you pray scripture concerning how you want to change. So, the art of encouragement. You think it's easy, right? I once heard somebody describe it this way. Picture that you're standing on a chair. Is it easier to lift another person up to your level, or is it easier for them to bring you down to their level? See, encouragement is difficult. Most people are not natural encouragers. Rather, they can be natural discouragers. Do you know any people like that? 
you know, you speak with them and you just feel so discouraged after you speak with them. They always have something to correct you on, something to challenge you on. And, um, you know, but we are not trying to change them. That's not what I'm speaking about today. We need to change ourselves. Scripture tells us to encourage one another in 2 Corinthians 13. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Encourage one another. Be of the same mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Boy, that's another strong scripture. This is God's heart for us. We are to be people who encourage each other. And I know there's so much wrong in the world and there's so many people doing things. But as we discourage people, we just push them further and deeper into a hole when we have an opportunity to encourage them. Look at some scriptures of how God speaks to us, right? Deuteronomy 31.6, it says in Hebrew, chazak. Chazak means be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble before them. For Adonai, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Listen to Joshua 1.7. Only be very strong and resolute to observe diligently the Torah which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so you may be successful wherever you go. See, God is telling us to be strong. He's encouraging us. Listen to Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You keep, meaning God keeps us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because We trust in him. Trust in Adonai forever, for the Lord Adonai is a rock of ages. And Isaiah 40, 28 says it this way, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Adonai is the eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary and to the one without vigor. He adds might. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But they who wait for Adonai will renew their strength. They will soar up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And in the New Covenant, John 14, 27, Yeshua says, Shalom. I leave you, my shalom I give to you, but not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or afraid. And in John sixteen thirty three, it says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you will have peace. In the world you will, ha- you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Look, God is trying to encourage us. This is how we move forward with him. You know, it says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. It's not the anger of God. It's not the correction of God. 
It's the kindness of God, it says, that leads us to repentance. And so we should take an under, we should learn, right? We should learn from God in this. You know, when Paul had some tough things to say to people, he would couch it uh, first in encouragement. He would encourage people first and then say the difficult things. But first, you know, let's look at how he represented the Lord, because it's easier to be encouraging if God gives you the words to speak. So we see in Romans 8, 28, now we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called it according to his purpose. Or Romans 8, 37 through 39, but in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Now that is encouraging, right? And so Paul gives that to us from the Lord. But now let's listen to Paul speaking from his heart to some people based on, on, on I think, what God has taught him. So in Romans fifteen thirteen he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and shalom in trusting, so you may overflow with hope in the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Look, a characteristic we see here of encouraging is to wish for something good to happen to someone else. When's the last time you spoke to them in these terms, wishing somebody joy and peace and the hope that is in the power of the Holy Spirit? Wow. First Timothy 1, verse 2, Paul is speaking to Timothy. To Timothy, listen to what he says. A true child in faith. When have you ever spoken to somebody and said, Boy, you are a true child in faith. And then it says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Messiah, Yeshua our Lord. Okay, look, uh, this is so encouraging that he's speaking to Timothy in this way. Or 1 Corinthians 1 2, to God's community in Corinth, having been made holy in Messiah Yeshua, called as saints with all who ever, uh, everywhere call on the name of the Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah. When is the last time you called somebody holy in Yeshua, especially if they were not part of your church? <laughs> uh, or try, we'll give you one more of these. Colossians 1.3. I just want you to see how Paul is speaking to the various groups that he has to speak to. And we know later on he gets tough. But here's what he says. We always, listen, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, whenever we pray for you. (laughs) When's the last time somebody said that to you, right? For we heard of your trust in Messiah Yeshua and the love you have for all the Kiddushim, the the saints, because of the hope stored up for you in heaven. So we heard of your trust in Messiah. 
When has somebody complimented you like that? I can't remember any time. <sighs> Let's discuss discuss some practical ways that you can encourage others. Are you ready? You want to write these down? I don't know how far we'll get in this. We, we might not get even past a few of these, but let's start. Number one, encourage even the smallest effort. Oh, I am so bad at this. I, I feel like I don't want to encourage anybody unless they really deserve it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's got to be big and, and terrific, and then I'll really encourage them. But to encourage even the smallest effort, that's hard. I almost feel like a hypocrite, right? Most people think of encouraging somebody when the, the person did something amazing. But just for something small? Why bother? You can see why this is important, encouraging the smallest effort. It's the beginning of practicing a good new habit and developing it further. So picture this. Somebody does something just a little bit right. Are you going to encourage them and say, wow, I am so glad you did that? Number two. Stop finding fault with the wrong and applaud the right. So, but what if they did something wrong? Shouldn't I correct them? Doesn't it show I care and I love for them? I have love for them? Well, look, if you start out with correction, you'll never get to the encouragement, right? It won't be taken, and if you do, it won't be taken as an honest intention. Encouraging first develops trust in the relationship. That's how Paul did it, as I just read. And some wrongs are not worth correcting. Remember, encouraging them is calling them up to their identity, not bringing them down. If you're encouraging someone just in order to correct them, your heart will be so obvious, and your encouragement will not be believed. So let's work this week. You and I, right? Applaud what somebody does right. Make an actual effort to go and and encourage somebody and say, wow, you did a really good job on this. Number three, look for outwardly demonstrable ways to encourage a person. Be specific about your encouragement rather than say something like, oh, you look good today or you look nice today. You might say, wow, your hair really looks good or, or whatever. The clothes you're wearing really look good. So you be more specific so that the, the person really sees that you are encouraging them. Okay. Wow, we are really getting close to the end here of today's message. Number four is reject negative responses, and we'll have to talk about that uh, next week as we continue in talking about encouragement. I would just say to you that, you know, when Yeshua was in the desert, he, in, he was encouraged by the word of God, and that's another way to get encouragement. But we'll talk about that next week as well. Look, 
If you would like to give a gift to our radio program to help us stay on the air, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Look, if you like the quotes that I uh, gave you from the 20-year-old and from the Messianic rabbi, uh, call Karen at 813-831-5673. I'll be happy to email them to you. Well, May the power of God's word and his spirit saturate you this day as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.